Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq el You can keep up with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment uh, to subscribe to the podcast. Don't just listen, but subscribe to the podcast. We are wherever you get your podcast at. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Tune in just to name some of those platforms. And we're at that same username at Radio Islam USA. All right, family, uh, I am happy to have joining us on the line Brother Imad Al-Turk, Sister Okola Rashid. They are the co-founders of the International Museum of Muslim Cultures in Jackson, Mississippi, and they've got a phenomenal new offering for visitors. Uh, their latest exhibit, which is running from uh, June 28, 2019, all the way through February 28th of 2020, is Muslims with Christians and Jews Covenants and coexistence. We welcome them back to the program. Assalamu alaikum. So, this is a, a really timely uh, exhibit that you have going on uh, right now. And could you, could you first, first of all, I want to just tell folks uh, go to the website, right? That's, that's your first entrance. Uh, into the museum, go to the website that will def definitely make you want to get there. But you describe this as the most consequential project in the museum's history, which uh, and can you talk about why this is so important right now at this, at this space and time? Well, uh, primarily because right now is a time when America and the world is on the brink of war, conflict, um, it really it reached its height in terms of, of racial issues, um, idea of, you know, uh, recon recognition and respect for the human dignity and worth of all human beings. Um, and uh, America, I guess to quote uh, one of our scholars, Thomas Cleary, he's a great uh, constitutional uh, 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 attorney, and he's also um, the uh, translator of historical uh, religious texts, including the Quran. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote The Art of War. What he said is that America is in a flux right mm -hmm. now. And the reason why he has translated uh, these various different ancient texts, because he sees them as a, a body of law. And so he says that America needs new ideas. Uh, in order to uh, move itself to the next level. So we, are, uh, we think that this exhibition, which is about the um, uh, covenants and uh, 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 you know, treaties of, tree, uh, uh, treaties of peace mm -hmm. and um, a promotion of you know, pluralism, uh, interfaith, um, uh, multi-ethnic, uh, uh, multi-racial uh, society is really, uh, you know, here now at, at, at a most consequential time. That's just, you know, where we are right now. It's, it's an urgency, urgency of now kind of response. When it comes to the idea of the, the, this particular exhibit and looking backwards, as a way to inform our, uh, not just our present, but our future. Could you talk about some of the things that uh, attendees 
that that viewers might walk away with that would allow them to see hope for the future, uh, particularly with relationships between Muslims and Christians and Jews, as this exhibit would uh, present them? Yeah, I think maybe I'd like to start with defining uh, the term now, because when when we're talking about that uh, this is a consequential exhibit Mm -hmm. uh, at at our time, uh, this doesn't mean that uh, only at the time after President Trump took office. Sure, sure. Uh, This conflict started actually, or many of those conflicts with with Muslims across the world and and, uh, America started, really after September 11th, when it started to be magnified significantly. Right. Uh, so we've been working on this exhibit for the last three, four, five years, uh, actually before uh, the Trump administration took office. Mm-hmm. So, so this is really uh, very important to uh, continue to educate the American public about really the role of Muslims uh, in uh, and the contribution that they make to America and to the world. Uh, society. One one of this area is that uh, you know one of the areas that we hear a lot uh, as negative commentary about Muslim Americans is that most Muslim Americans don't belong here. That uh, you know they are not compatible with the Constitution of uh, the United States. That our beliefs and views are different than what uh, uh, America was founded on. Mm-hmm. So this is really the the core of that exhibit is to talk about. Uh, the contributions of the treaties and constitution of Medina that uh, was founded by Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, over 1,400 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, included many of the items that uh, you can compare it to the Bill of Rights and compare it to the United States Constitution, where it includes areas of protection of minority rights and, and protection of women, uh, protection of uh, religious practices, whether you're Muslims, Christians, or even a non-believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of those elements here uh, proves that uh, there is significant compatibility between uh, really our beliefs uh, as, as Muslims and also what the uh, United States Constitution uh, is about. So we, we are part and parcel of the Muslim story, with the American story. Uh, that we do belong uh, here as Muslim Americans, and, and we have a contribution to make to change the narrative and the discussion uh, about how uh, future generations view that divide between Muslims, Christians, and Jews. And, and there was a time in Islamic history where those uh, three religions uh, coexisted peacefully, uh, prospered in many areas, uh, not only during Prophet Muhammad. Uh, peace and blessing be upon him time, but also uh, in, in the future generation uh, during Islamic Spain and during the Ottoman Empire and during a lot of periods where uh, for many parts, uh, you know, Muslims actually protected significantly Jews and Christians mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the last 1400 years. Uh, so a, a lot of people look at the lens of what's happening today. And we, we wanted to say uh, what's happening today is awful to Muslims and non-Muslims. Mm-hmm. And, and but, but there is a better way if we can go back to try to look at history, if we, if, if we can learn from history to try to replicate that uh, time period where uh, there was peaceful coexistence, that we can move forward together in, in building a better America for the future. Mm. Could you talk a bit about the curation process? Um, you said you've been working on this for the past three or four years, and I can imagine something uh, as broad as this would require a lot of attention. What was the first 
thing that you all started with? Well, uh, I guess the first thing that we started with was uh, to uh, be um, informed uh, by a, a major research that was done by Dr. John Andrew Morrill, uh, uh, E.S. Islam. Um, uh, he, had, he has published this, uh, he had published this major um, book called um, Covenants of the Prophet Muhammad with the Christians of the world. And uh, not only had he done, uh, you know, a lot of research, and the book is, is, is thoroughly researched, but in addition, he had gone over to the Middle East, and he had visited monasteries, um, uh, churches that um, that have been in existence uh, since the you know uh, time of the Prophet Muhammad and before, and he was able to locate some of these covenants of peace and and protection that uh, was signed by the Prophet Muhammad or by uh, his, uh, the caliphs that came after the Prophet Muhammad. And so that really uh, began the process of us looking at uh, this um, theme uh, as uh, a possibility uh, around, you know, looking at the Prophet Muhammad uh, for more than just the prophet of God, but also looking at him as, as a head of state. And, and as having uh, uh, established the first um, pluralistic uh, society uh, that was, you know, free and, and, and established on, on justice uh, uh, through, uh, you know, the, uh, the writing of this, you know, first constitution in history uh, called the Medina Constitution. Or the, it, that's the very first covenant, considered the very first covenant. And the other covenants uh, followed those with other leaders uh, uh, of, of the known world in that region during that time. Mm. So uh, doing that work, you know, uh, you know, seeing that work and, and beginning to have uh, uh, conversations with uh, 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 Dr. Morrow and uh, looking at the possibilities of, you know, him uh, sharing with us. Uh, some of uh, those actual covenants that he had collected, you know, over the years, uh, uh, kind of moved us to to the point of at least beginning this process. Right. You right. might want might want to add something else to that. Yeah. This, so this is, has been really a a team effort. We we had a very strong team uh, that included initially, you know, Dr. Morrow, but then we added probably another 10 or 12 scholars from our, across the country uh, to actually help with the storyline. Uh, you know, Brother Malik Mujahid from uh, Sand Vision uh, was one of the leading scholars as well that kind of helped us uh, with the refinement of the, of the storyline. Uh, we had, uh, locally, we had Dr. Steve Smith, uh, uh, Dr. Loy Ashton. Uh, we had... Uh, uh, Imam Kliman Al-Amin and, and, and many, many others, uh, scholars. So, so the first thing that we wanted to work on is the development of the storyline to make sure that, uh, you know, we know what, what needs to be done. Uh, then uh, you know, we hired a team of uh, designers uh, to actually take the story and curate it in a way that will be attractive to our audience and visitors as they come. So we, we hired uh, uh, 
studio Basil uh, with uh, Basil uh, Abu Mishal, who's uh, an architect and photographer and designer that helped us with the uh, design of the exhibit. And then we had a company called uh, Design Display that helped us with the uh, fabrication of the exhibit. Uh, and then, of course, we also had uh, Gene Luckett, who uh, was part of the team as well, to edit the storyline and coordinate with the uh, uh, the design team and the fabrication team and the, and the scholars uh, and, and getting all the images and the pictures and the videos. Uh, you know, this is include both uh, panels and also a lot of audio audiovisual components for the exhibit. Mm. So this has been an extensive effort by somewhere between 10 and 20 people that worked tirelessly over the last uh, you know, uh, three, four, five years to accomplish the exhibit. Wow, alhamdulillah. So what pieces of the exhibit do you think viewers would find most uh, impressive, most striking? Well, I think uh, probably uh, the most striking things uh, would be the, the covenants themselves, uh, having um, uh, some real uh, copies mm -hmm. of uh, the original covenant. Yeah. Um, including, you know, the Constitution of Medina. Right. Uh, but if you, but if you uh, visually walking into the exhibit, the first thing that you're going to see is this, this panel uh, from, the, from the floor. It's about, I guess, what, 15 feet tall mm -hmm. uh, that uh, says divine unity. And it really... Um, uses uh, divine unity, uh, which is Tawheed, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, also human unity, uh, these being uh, uh, some of the basic uh, tenets that really underpin uh, much of uh, what uh, we talk about as it relates to uh, the principles that were established uh, uh, within the uh, the, the, all of the covenants, you know, starting with the, the covenant uh, of Medina. So that those are just kind of some of the major principles uh, that are uh, very uh, pronounced in the exhibit. Uh, we also have the, uh, uh, the the tree of the prophets, which is very significant. Uh, it it, it, uh, it, uh, it uh, represents how the Muslims view uh, the uh, the line of the prophets starting with Adam, all the way up to Muhammad, uh, peace be upon all of them. So that's, that's uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful artistic piece about, it's about uh, 10 feet tall, mm -hmm. uh, uh, very decorative, uh, a, uh, you know, creation of our uh, designer, uh, Basil. Um, also, uh, there's a whole wall that um, um, outlines um, uh Given, given people a sense of, of, of Prophet Muhammad, uh, his um, I, I, identity, and um, some of the kind of like his life story, but also identifying things like uh, uh, what was his um, um, liberation theology, you know, because the whole, you know, theme, even though we're talking about covenants and, 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 and peace, but the whole theme is about what, what were the ideas that underpin uh, uh, these, um, these covenants. 
And you, so uh, it was his um, uh, uh, liberation theology, his, his ideas around, uh, you know, the, uh, the real meaning of freedom and, 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 and outlining those things in a creative uh, and artistic uh, way. Another main uh, thing, let me not forget that, is that we, we don't just stay in the past. We also bring these ideas forward and look at Islam in America, uh, looking at, um, you know, um, uh, identifying the founding fathers and what they thought about Islam, what they said about Islam. Uh, also, um, uh, identifying the, uh, what we call the struggle for freedom in, in, this, uh, in America, uh, yeah. looking at uh, the uh, African-American um, uh, uh, freedom struggle, uh, and, and, and tying that with uh, the African-American Muslim freedom struggle. Uh, we're saying that uh, we, we look at the civil rights movement and we use that as kind of like a main focal point, but we don't realize that the African-American move, uh, Muslim movement is very much connected. They are two sides of one coin. And so we really explore that subject in, in addition to a number of other things. We have about 20 different things uh, identified in, in the exhibit. Okay. That was one of the questions that I was going to get into, but I don't know how deep, how much you want to give away of the exhibit, uh, just in terms of the relationship between uh, Islam and the founding fathers and how that has developed and represented itself uh, within the struggle for freedom among the uh, uh, African-American uh, citizenry in, in particular. So I think that's, that, that's really an exciting take and an exciting connection to make um, within, that, within that exhibit. Well, I think one thing that I, you know, I think is necessary for people to understand around the, uh, the storyline and, and, and that particular theme is that there are there is scholarship out there. There are scholars that are writing and exploring this idea of whether or not Jefferson, um, uh, uh, whether or not he was influenced by the Quran and the Constitution of Medina when he wrote the two most important documents in American history. Mm -hmm. So that theme is explored. That's, of course, the, uh, the Declaration of Independence and the uh, establishment of, of, of religious freedom. Uh, that that uh, statute uh, of the two, those are the two documents that Jefferson wrote, and, and we're uh, primarily focusing on a couple of scholars that, are, uh, that have done this uh, research, and they're, they're really saying that it's very uh, evident mm -hmm. that Jefferson, uh, of course, he owned the Quran. We knew that. We know that, you know, uh, because uh, one of our first Muslim congressmen uh, revealed that by bringing that uh, his uh, Jefferson's Quran out of the Library of Congress and actually swearing in his oath of office on on that uh, Quran, and that really has uh, that launched an interest. And so. Um, there was a book written on uh, Jefferson's Quran and the Founding Fathers. So we knew he, he owned the Quran when he was a law student. He purchased it when he was a law student. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, uh, but he never spoke of the uh, Constitution of Medina, but uh, one of these authors actually 
show us how some of the specific things out of that Constitution of Medina are um, uh, uh, show up in the uh, religious freedom uh, 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 statute. Mm-hmm. Brother Imad, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, not, not to that subject, but really well, I want to talk more about our uh, goals for the exhibit and what we're trying to accomplish in the future. Mm, uh, obviously, do. we would love to uh, many Muslims and non-Muslims uh, uh, to come and visit the exhibit so they can learn for themselves about all of the things that we've been discussing about the exhibit itself. Right. But, but the exhibit was designed as a traveling exhibit. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to uh, host it here in Jackson. We opened on June 28th, and we will be here through uh, February 28th of 2020. But after that time, our plan is to actually travel it across the country. Uh, so that's, that's an important area. So if any of uh, the visitors or the, the uh, uh, guests uh, that are listening to us today, if they have an interest uh, in actually hosting in their community, uh, we would like to uh, receive some information from them and they can just uh, send us a message in, on Facebook or, uh, or or call the museum to do that. Okay. Uh, but also another thing that is going to be critical for us, uh, you know, this is not just about having an exhibit and then... Uh, life goes to normal after that you know this, this museum is a u- unique institution mm-hmm. in actually addressing the issues of equity and justice yes so it's more than just presenting historical information it's really about uh, getting a, a, a group of uh, committed uh, people that, uh, that, uh, that are interested in the issues of equity and justice uh, and uh, Hopefully, over over time, as as our visitors come in and they view the exhibit, when they come out, uh, you know, we have uh, several uh, uh, laptops that actually they can do a, a survey whether they're interested in being part of the solution, not only just part of the identifying the difficulty we're facing today, but how can we, as Americans, Muslims and non-Muslims, mm-hmm. work together to advance peace and justice. Uh, so we, we wanted to get their input. We wanted to uh, you know, create a, a, a justice movement that mm-hmm. actually address uh, not only through that group, but also advancing those to our policymakers and uh, throughout the country and, and D.C. to help change uh, you know, the dynamics of, of, the, of the issues of injustice and, Islam, and dealing with the issues of Islamophobia and how we can better uh, you know, coexist in, in a positive way as, as fellow human beings and fellow Americans. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and I also have to uh, mention that in the description of this particular exhibit, it also points to not just Islamophobia uh, or um, the African-American struggle, but it also points to immigrant, immigrant rights, and it points to human rights in general uh, within the United States. Uh, and that struggle for freedom uh, on just kind of Following, following on what you just mentioned in terms of creating that movement, uh, this is definitely one of those exhibits, I think, that should resonate with, with everybody, whether you're Muslim or not. Because if there's anything that we value probably most in our country as, as citizens is this idea of freedom. And, uh, and I think this speaks directly not just to, uh, to, to respecting it, but to preserving and promoting it. So this is a wonderful thing. So folks can come to Jackson, Mississippi, um, up until February 28th of next year, 
and see the exhibit for themselves and then it's off to whatever the next stop and you'll be you'll be uh, updating on the website like you know as uh, as as destinations start to yeah you know, absolutely come in. i mean we're working now we we have uh, uh, three interested parties actually uh, in uh, one in louisville kentucky one in uh, los angeles uh, and even we, we even today we got uh, interest overseas as well. But but we we also uh, trying to work on Chicago and uh, uh, Washington D.C. and other other sites. Uh, so as we book those sites, uh, we we will actually publicize it in our website and Facebook and social media, so everybody will know what it is. And we we will have a schedule of activities over the next three to five years of, of when and where the exhibit will be as well. Okay, awesome. Can you let folks know where, uh, what's that Facebook page? Uh, they can get more information and just follow and keep up with the uh, museum. Yeah, so the, the museum website is uh, muslimmuseum.org. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the Facebook page is uh, also Muslim Museum uh, as, as well. Okay. Um, so we, we, we encourage people to visit uh, both the website. Uh, there's a lot of details about the location of the exhibit, when the museum is open, the, uh, the ticket prices. Uh, there's discounts for groups. Uh, we would love for uh, a large group, particularly, I guess, now during the summer months uh, when the students are out of school, uh, maybe they can bring us, uh, you know, uh, school groups or, or youth uh, to actually learn about all of this uh, you know, wonderful history that we have. And, and actually, it will strengthen our, our Muslim youth uh, to have a better understanding mm -hmm. of the history and the connect connectivity with America. Uh, so they, they can become proud of that history and instead of being fearful and uh, trying to uh, uh, de deny their existence as Muslims, as, as many, unfortunately, of uh, some of our youth are feeling threatened because of all of this uh, negative uh, stereotypes and uh, Islamophobia that's going on in the country. Right, right. Well, Brother Matt, uh, Sister Colo, I thank you both for taking the time to talk about this uh, wonderful exhibit and the wonderful work that you all are doing uh, with the International Museum of Muslim Cultures. Uh, we pray for your continued success, and uh, hopefully I can make it there before before it leaves. Um, so, yeah, so you all, please please keep uh, doing the wonderful work that you all are doing. Uh, th thank you very much for, uh, for for arranging this call, and uh, we, we we invite you to come, and uh, we, we will be glad to host you. All right. Alhamdulillah. Thank you yes. so much. <laughs> yes, please let us know, and so we can uh, be prepared to host you. Give us the time. We'll be here through February 29th, okay. uh, 2020. I, I certainly will. I certainly will. Thank you both. Thank you. All okay, right. Thank you, Doug. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Wa All right, Radio Islam family. That was uh, Sister Kola Rashid, Brother Imad Al-Turk. Uh, they are the co-founders of the International Museum of Muslim Cultures. You got their information for the website as well as the uh, Facebook page. Uh, and that is definitely one to, to look into. Uh, and and it may be coming if you can't make it there maybe it'll be coming to your city or a city near you but uh, it's definitely something that we've got to be mindful of this connection between uh, Islam the, the history of Islam and the the democratic values and the freedoms that we enjoy that we hold so dearly today right here in the United States of America so wonderful stuff 
All right, folks, uh, that is it. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your host and producer, Tariq el -Amin. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. <laughs>